You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Well, hello, hello, my lovelies. Welcome to another episode of Ginger Archie. I'm so glad to be back with you this week. And I'm going to have a conversation, not really an interview today. I think I did interview Brian before, but I have my friend Brian Nichols, who is also on the We Are Libertarians Network with a show, The Brian Nichols Show. How are you today, Brian? Trisha, I am doing better than I deserve. How are you? That's a good answer. I feel the same. I, I, I got to say, I must I, I did steal that from uh, libertarian hero Dave Ramsey. And I say that entirely tongue in cheek. <laughs> Are you turning into Remzo Martinez here? <laughs> because I thought he was going to go off on Dave Ramsey. And then he, he all he did was praise the guy. For like oh, I, I love Remzo. He is one of my favorite too. people. <laughs> I have like a. I, I have a lot of dis. I'm not a big Dave Ramsey fan, although there's some of what he says that I really, truly enjoy. Um, oh, yeah. As is with almost everything in life, there is yeah. a little bit of good and a little bit of bad, but also some stuff that makes you raise your eyebrows. So Do, are you on TikTok, Brian? I am not. No, I did not get consumed by the Chinese media <laughs> entity yet. <laughs> well, I actually didn't want to, but like um, at as a job, I have to be on certain platforms just because besides libertarian stuff, I do other things for work on like digital media and stuff like that. And so I had to get into it. And I, there's this one guy that does Dave Ramsey impressions and things. (laughs) Probably the funniest TikToks you'll see. There's one guy who does a, you're familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, The name sounds familiar. Gary V. Yeah. He's, he's very, very charismatic. Very sure. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Very intense. His whole thing. You know, he's like, he swears a lot. And there's a guy who does a Gary V impersonation. (laughs) I see that pops up on social media and oh my God, it is spitting image of him. And like the, the personality, the demeanor, he has it down to a science. Yeah. Doing, doing impersonations is an art form. I, I fully respect actually our good buddy here, Chris Spangle. Um, there was an episode he did a while back with Frank Caliendo, who everybody is, I'm sure if you're an NFL fan, you know him from, I think it was Fox Sports, and he would do his John Madden um, impersonation or his, uh, his uh, John Gruden, and he would do a few other different uh, sports personalities. But I mean, just the the art, he went through it, I saw it, uh, I think it was a reel or something he had did, and it was showing how he gets into character and like how he'll just pick one word and he'll start making that one word sound like the way the person would say it. And then he just lets that almost overcome him, <laughs> which sounds so weird. Yeah. Well, you can't loud. really break it. It's almost like learning the whole language because it has to yeah. come out naturally. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, because at that point, like you're, you're not only speaking the same words, but you have to do it in the way that they do it. Like yeah. you have to have, all the inflection, all of the like, and also to your point, right? All the vocabulary. It's all. It's almost like you're. Uh, <laughs> did you ever watch Master of Disguise? I did. Yeah. Oh my god! It's 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 Dana Carvey that become another person. Like that's that's <laughs> literally what you have to do. Um. Wow. We we went on a tangent here, didn't we? But that's what we can do because you know it's gingerarchy, and I just do whatever I want because I'm an anarchist, Brian. And that's what anarchy is about. It's like doing whatever you want, right? I miss I miss this free uh, flow form of of a show like my show is so regimented and buttoned up. And it's like, okay, we have our intro. okay, we have our uh, our our guest. okay, now we'll go through their their history. And like, it's a whole thing. 
I'll do that on certain interviews, but honestly, my, the conversation shows are the most fun. And if people uh, want to go back, there's some that Chris and I did where we had call-ins. Yes. All those were classic. <laughs> they were fast. But yeah, that's a lot of fun. And or by when the you way, guys went through your DMs. Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, that was fun too. That was oh. rough. <laughs> it's gotten a little bit better. Not only just because of the fact that I got married, although trust me, that doesn't stop a lot of incels, but I do think that um, here, I'm going to give another compliment to Meta. I don't know what I'm doing, Brian. I think they've gotten a hold of that a little bit more where you don't get as many abusive messages. That's good though. That's, yes. That means that they're taking us like, they're, they're that's a step in the right direction. I yes. think that's a good thing. Yes. Although then they mark everything as abusive. Like I posted a meme yesterday and they said it was, you know, it got fact-checked because- when I had said that Congress had printed a certain amount of money, actually not all of it was printed. Some of it was digital. So I, I'm sorry. I don't hear where the, the, the issue is the, the overlords, the overlords told us that that was not correct. And maybe uh, what is it? Misinformation or disinformation? I forget yeah. which is which. I don't know, but an independent fact checker checked it. So obviously. <laughs> oh, they were independent. Yes. Oh, oh, now I feel better. Yes. <laughs> but uh yeah so anyway we were going to talk about something today um that's always it's kind of a insider thing for libertarians but anybody looking out or anybody that maybe is just an anarchist and isn't really political um might not understand what the left and right are in the political sphere and then also even inside libertarianism so I, I think you grew up kind of on the right side, didn't you? Like I did. Yes. Yeah. And so when you can't come over to libertarianism, for me, it just changed the whole perspective of, um, you know, that that there's this left and right and where I think there's just the free side. And sometimes it can line up with either one. What do you define the left and right as? Whew, that's tough, Trisha, because I. I think definition, like, I know it's funny about going back to like what we were just talking about, like, you know, words matter, but like, yeah. it's so hard to define left and right when it seems that the goalposts have been moving like every four years based on whatever the the presidential candidates are going to be spouting as their party's platforms, which aren't really based on any principle, it seems, <laughs> but more so in many cases, blind ideology. So you know, what, what, what does it mean? <laughs> I mean, it, it really depends on who's got the microphone, who's got the bully pulpit. Um, and, and then right now what we're seeing is the left, I would say is predominantly a, a, it's not a majority by any stretch, but it is a very vocal active group of militant Democrats pred- predominantly and and some non you know nonpartisan but still politically left leaning individuals who are looking to and have been utilizing government to enact their societal do good beliefs uh, values and they have shown no no reservation whatsoever over the past especially two years to use state local and federal power to to do so. And we've seen this not just from what happened with with COVID. We've also seen this happen um, over the past uh, few years with with speech issues and, and censorship issues. And then on the right, I would say the right has predominantly become whatever the left isn't. Um, it, and I think we're seeing now, uh, you know, finally the left, or I'm sorry, the right has found a little bit of an identity, 
And I think that's entirely due to uh, the original, you know, bull in a China shop that is Donald Trump and kind of giving the GOP their balls back. And then Ron DeSantis planting his flag in, in 2020 as really the best governor in America when it comes to the COVID issue and, and helping Florida lead the charge against the federal government from the right and, and showing that Republicans can and, and will go to the right, you know, can can actually fight back, which any anybody on the right, you know, there really hasn't been. I don't know, Trisha, if you can think of too many wins for the right in, in the past 50 years, besides what we've seen over the past few weeks. And that is, um, or not a few weeks, but, you know, with, with, with Trump and DeSantis, and then more, more recently with the issues taking place over on Twitter with Elon Musk possibly taking over mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, just kind of rechanging the, the narratives and, and forcing a lot of these companies and these, uh, these, these more, we'll say left leaning elitists that we've seen in, in more of the, the, the highfalutin types of, of society, they've kind of just taken their their new status quo as is and have completely forgotten who they're talking to, who who it is that they actually have to respond to and answer to. And I think that's why we're seeing a growing sentiment in populism across the board and why we're seeing it so easy to see what is defined as left and right malleable from you know, it used to be, you know, decade after decade, but now it's like year after year, month after month, the yeah. words and, and definitions are changing to, to redefine, you know, to not just redefine what, whatever the topic is at hand, but at the, the, the era that we're in, you know, who's in charge, who's, who's out of charge it used to be my body, my choice was the pro-choice moniker. Um, and that was like, you, you saw that on bumper stickers, you, you, you're, you know, my body, my choice on t-shirts, and all of a sudden COVID happens. And now that that entire slogan is completely and conspicuously absent when you see the biggest Supreme Court ruling come down here. And it was it was, you know, obviously shown from the uh, the leak there, the Supreme Court leak mm-hmm. that is going to likely overturn the federal ruling on abortion with uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned. Where's where's my body? My choice. Isn't it funny how all of a sudden those words can't be said? And it's because we're in this this you know ever changing, ever ever uh, malleable you know society where we try to you know morph into what is considered to be accepted, and I think we're finally seeing that the right is finally standing a little bit against that by actually saying no and fighting back, and now they have wins on the mantle to to refer back to. So so sometimes that's a good thing, but then also sometimes it's not a good thing because they can be reactionary too. You know yeah, what I mean? And did I answer your question, by the way? I hope oh, I, I think did. so. Yeah, I, okay. I definitely think so. And I think I guess by, you know, there's different ways to, you know, look at what left, right, liberal, progressive, all that kind of thing is. And, you know, I'm there's probably going to be some random Internet guy that's completely that's not what this actually is. But what we're talking about here is what people today would look at it as um, right. what would be, you know, the easiest thing for people to understand as far as left and right. Yep. But oh, correct. In that vein, so the left does something, the right reacts, the right does something, the left reacts, you know, and there's that pendulum swing back and forth, back and forth. What I think, though, is happening is, number one, uh, the left and right, their favorite thing to do is have an enemy, because when you have an enemy, you get a win. You know, you can rally people, you know, behind, you know, having that enemy. For the left, it was Donald Trump. For the right, it's, you know, AOC or, or any kind of media, whatever. But I feel like maybe the pendulum swinging way too hard lately and faster 
Like we're, we're not taking, like you said, those, those decade long shifts, you know what I mean? Now it's just like, you know, one week later and everybody can change their mind on something. People are really malleable. Do you feel like that that's happening or is that just because I'm getting older? (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's a little bit of, of what is actually happening and not so much that you're getting older, but more so where we spend our time in our communities. Mm -hmm. If you, if we look at who government is and who the active politicos are, they aren't a majority of Americans. And I think it, I think we have to keep going back to this is that, you know, maybe a third, if that, and I don't even know if a third is, is accurate. I think we're probably like a quarter of Americans are, are Republican, a quarter Democrat, and the rest, that 50-ish percent are, are anarchists. Politi- oh, yeah, right. well, are they? <laughs> uh, or are they politically agnostic, which I'm okay with too, right? Yeah, like if, I, if I much prefer politically agnostic people, honestly, than people, or at least that think they know what they're talking about. Do you ever go out in public and just listen to people have conversations oh, about politics? And, you know, you and I kind of got the niche here, and this is something that we kind of just both do. You know, there's a lot of people like that, especially libertarians. But so to listen to two people talk about politics, and I just want to, which I don't say anything, because, but I think, no, neither of you know what the hell you're talking about. Oh, Trisha, back when I lived in Philadelphia, um, I, I'll, I finally, I finally remember there was a beer garden that I was, I was at with some friends, and I'm sitting and I'm just, you know, casually listening, and I hear this, this one group of of individuals speaking and they were talking about, this is, you know, right, right there at the, uh, the end of, of COVID and um, well, not really. And it was the end of COVID, but it, it, the government decided not to, but, you know, talking about <laughs> how they needed to, they, they needed to make sure that schools didn't open up until that all the kids got their, 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 their vaxes and boosters and anybody who doesn't think so. I mean, honestly, like, I, I don't even know they should be allowed to vote and you just sit there and you're like, this person votes. This person is a politically active person and they are crazy. Um, yes. But like back to my point that 50% of people who, who really try to avoid it. And, and, you know, there was actually a great interview. If you haven't had the chance to listen to it, it was a uh, Jesse Kelly over on Glenn Beck of all places. And I, I still listen to Glenn sometimes. Oh, Glenn was my last, he was one of my last, uh, pulled out till I became a big L and then eventually, you know, went down that path. Towards Glenn is, is, he just comes across as one of just the, the kindest, most just caring people I've ever listened to. So but- many times he like, I'll listen. I'll think, well, you really got that wrong Glenn, but I don't think he's false where when I, you know, grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh. And then I came to realize, I honestly think that was an act most of the time for him. I don't think Glenn Beck is like that. I think he truly believes in what he's, you know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And, and, and back to like him with Jesse Kelly, Jesse Kelly brought up this point on the, the program where he's talking about like, Hey, you know, for, for decades, it was, you know, your next door neighbor, the mailman, the, the coach at the baseball team, like, you you didn't care what their politics were yeah. and and honestly they probably they probably shared your politics but they just didn't want to get involved and that was fine like that was okay but now and and I know this might ruffle some anarchist feathers but now we're at a point where just because that person has your values and they're not getting politically involved it, is it enough right like is is just having the values and just in you know embracing those values almost to yourself in your own little bubble enough versus when you have a, a state who is being utilized by a radical, but a radical minority of individuals. Again, back to the pendulum that continues to swing harder and harder 
Is there not a responsibility to stop that pendulum from swinging back and forth until it just swings the entire thing off the the rocker, right? Like, and it comes to that person, like we need these people to get active and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to get politically right. active. I was going to say a lot of some of the uh, coolest anarchists I know are people that make really good content or they're agorists or they're involved in trade and crypto. And they're, they're the people that are successful at what they're doing. And that's how they change hearts and minds, because once somebody comes to them for whatever they do, they do well, then they get to have conversations with them. And you know what I mean? Like say, hey, we don't need the government for this or we don't need yes, the government right there. between us. You know that, what I mean? We because can do this. one of the, the main problems we see. I, I mean, why why is why does government exist, right? Like, let's because get because it's much easier to do something with a gun than convince somebody otherwise. That's yeah, why. but but like even even like get back to the the very basic like you know you you and me are sitting down and and you know, we're trying to to solve the world problems. We're like, well, what? How do we solve this problem? Well, yeah, you can use the gun to make it, but like the idea is that government is there to stop something from happening or to solve some injustice or to answer some question, right? Right. So, but everything the government does, we could do better. Right. So, so, but like right there, let's do it then let's do it better. And, and that with the, the advancement in technology that has helped facilitate Mm -hmm. that idea of doing things better from more than just an idea to reality. So at the very basic level, we should be looking to not necessarily leverage people to always get politically active, right? Though though I do I do think that there is a role for that for sure, especially when you see government being used oh, against you. I would currently. say especially locally. Boy, if oh, there's an issue on a ballot absolutely. or there's a tax increase, property, I mean the best thing you can do, in my opinion, because there's certain things I don't vote about, um, just because I morally don't feel it's okay for me to tell my name, but there are some things I do. So I'm not, I'm pragmatic. And I definitely say issue voting locally is one of the most positive things you can do. When the government so, says we're going to do this, you say no. Yeah. And and I, so I, I do have a thought in that, but back to, to finish my first thought, like, but to also make it a point that to build these solutions outside of government solutions, mm-hmm. to make the government solution inherently unnecessary, like the post office hemorrhages billions of dollars because the internet made a lot of what right. the post office does irrelevant. Um, and, and like, we can do that more outside of the government, yes. in like the government solutions, the government policies. But back to the point that you raised up there, secondly, Tricia, like, I hear you. We definitely don't want to tell our neighbor what to do. But I also think that we can't be naive when we are approaching our neighbors who would absolutely use government against us. Oh, right. And we believe in self-defense, right? Like we we talk about the non-aggression principle. And I think we do have a responsibility that if government is inherently, you know, we, we inherently do not like the the way that government has used its its force. And, but we're going to just, abstain from voting because we feel icky about what it's like what we're voting on oh i go there's just just certain things i won't do (laughs) no i know but like but then but then it it open it opens the door for that radical minority of individuals again to now dictate the conversation to the point where we have some of the most radical people who are in the white house not necessarily because they were elected but because they were appointed by by these officials there's no way that anybody ever gets to the end of the line because they had the best ideas that's not how that works. No, absolutely. And, and then part, that's part of me being an anarchist why... is because I, I just don't, it, it, that doesn't work. And number one, United States is such a huge place. It's like, you couldn't, how could it be possible that all these people could have really agree that this one person is the best for the job? That just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why it's, I mean, like you're never, 
you're you're never going to have a situation where people and you're going to have some people who are going to try to like really scale down the size and scope of the the federal government and bureaucracy. Yeah. But those people are going to be they're going to be ostracized in society. There's going to be hate campaigns led by the the corporate media against these individuals there's going to be i mean there's there would likely be you know threats of of physical bodily harm on them you know brian you were bringing up like the big corporate entities that do this isn't it so funny i think about the old hippies and how they would fight the man and and they and i consider corporations that are primarily in bed with the government to be part of the government a de facto government in my opinion yeah, well, and, but and back in the, the day they yeah. used to fight it and now you know what i mean they're just all lining up to get 75,000 boosters and it's like wait wait a minute you do realize that big pharma is actually a thing well it's back to what we were talking about beforehand right like this is why it's so hard to define what left and right are yeah. because it has it has i mean if you were to tell somebody from Woodstock, right? Like you're, you go on stage, you're a time traveler and you're like, Hey, in 2020, uh, 2020 through 2022, probably 90% of you are going to be taking an experimental MRNA vaccine from one of three leading pharmaceutical companies that has only had a few months of testing. They would have like booed slash laughed. Yes. And yet to your point, now those exact people are not only the ones who are, you know, just sheepishly walking up, ready to go, but now they're using the the, the threat and force of government to force others to go out of and, and take the same actions, to take the same steps they're doing. I mean, for yep. Christ's sake, how be careful Stern, what you use against somebody because they'll use your enemy will use it against you one day. Absolutely. I mean, Howard, yep. look at Howard Stern. Like Howard Stern goes from being, you know, what was just pretty much a a you know vulgar yes yeah. yeah, shock jock to now he's preaching about vaccines and and the you know what is and is not science. Like, ooh, no, yeah. what? No, that's not how this works. It was like, didn't you have midgets on your show having sex live? And we're supposed to listen. Hey, you know what? That was that was I mean, a different time. Yeah, right? and I'm like, not I'm not a censorship. You know what I mean? People enjoy that. Let them enjoy that. You know, but it is funny. You know that one of the most ridiculous people on earth, and now we're some, suddenly supposed to think he's not real. And, and like I, I hate I, and I hate the the feeling that we've had that like we always have to play defense or we always have to ration. Like we we feel and and pardon the expression, but like we have this autistic belief that we have to rationalize and, and, you know, logicify every single thing that we say to the point that we'll, we'll take a very obvious and succinct point and then just turn it into a bunch of gobbledygook that nobody will pay attention to. Yeah. We have to get out of our own way and like, stop worrying about not offending. And, and frankly, Trisha, I think this is why we've seen such a, a hatred <laughs> of the emergence of different voices in the greater liberty movement who aren't going about the the how to liberty the same way as the more i would say the the beltway libertarians have and i, I think it's frankly because part of the the new way of approaching politics has been very much in temperature with the national discourse like we're we're tired of pussyfooting around we're tired of the cancel of other or the, you know, the cancel culture or the, you know, going out and just, you know, silencing others. Like we we're tired of it. And I think you're seeing that, that, that mentality, especially over like the nanny mentality over the past two years, that Karen mentality, like that has poisoned the well 
with so many people who were overtly non-political in that 50%. Yeah, I think I do think that been government activated. reaction to to COVID has uh, changed quite a few people's minds um, when they think about authoritarianism and what the government's capable of doing in a very short period of time. However, I another thing I fear, which might be a little different, I fear that what happens is these people get so far right that they're just swinging back into authoritarianism because right. that that the I've seen the right to do just as many <laughs> throughout Absolutely. history do just as many authoritarian of horrible things as the left does. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Trisha, so this is this is why like, I brought this up on my show I had with Kenny Cody about I, I have big concerns about what Ron DeSantis was doing down in Florida with the uh, his his reaction towards Disney. Yeah. Now, like I, I talked about this on Tim Pool about the the Florida bill, the mm-hmm. the parental rights bill and the you know, it was so-called don't say gay bill. Right. Right. Um, but like Ron DeSantis, that first step, he did the right thing. He set the stage. He he set the narrative. Okay, here's what the bill is. We're not teaching this to kids K through three. That's the that's the position you now have to either go against or not. And 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 he made that the position. But then he took it a step further when he went against Disney and he started to use government authority to to try and and push Disney to do something or to take back. And and, and listen, I. I hear the the conservative position. I, I actually had this conversation with Kenny. Um, you know, I, I understand. Yes, the the conservative, you know, the conservative position would not be to use government to harm the other, but it's yeah. going to be used to harm you. I hear it. I don't buy it because then yeah. all it takes is the one person to take over that government role again to use the power against you. Yes. So back to my my point, and this is why I think anarchists should like this, and this is why I speak to entrepreneurs, business owners, and getting again. There's a difference between a business owner, an entrepreneur, and like corporate America. Yeah, corporate yes. America is your icky, you know, in bed with politicians, corporatist. Who America, make a living America, out right? of declaring bankruptcy over and over and over. Right, right, <laughs> which right. None like, of there, us there get are, to do. <laughs> there are people out there who the government hates that are small business owners and entrepreneurs fundamentally because those people are inherently self-sufficient in outside of government control through name name the bribing infrastructure, whether it's welfare, whether it's pensions, whether it's uh, name your 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 benefits, right, for your government position, whether it's your social security that they're going to keep going, even though you did pay into it, they could you know you know spigot yeah. it off because it it basically is insolvent well, bankruptcy. Brian, yeah, ours is already gone. So don't exactly, yeah. So <laughs> <It's> never happening. <laughs> and, and then they they can hit you with you know just deflating the value of your currency. Mm-hmm. So not only are you seeing your savings just just evaporate, but now inflation is hitting you and your cost of living is increasing. And what if you're on a fixed income, right? So these these small business owners, these are people who are pretty move, uh, mobile, yeah. both in terms of geographic, but also in terms of income. And it, it's, it's not in the government's interest to have those individuals be able to be self-sufficient. I mean, Trisha, we all saw it, right? There was the, uh, the Jim Bro video back at the beginning of COVID, the guy going through and listing off why, you know, what was going to happen with the, the shots, why the shots weren't going to work. Then you'll need your booster. Then the booster isn't going to work. Why is it being done? And, and he summarizes the video because it's all about control. The government wants to be able to get people on this constant cycle of control where you you rely on them for your, your abilities to survive. 
And in turn, you will do what you need to in order to continue to receive just like those, an abusive spouse. Dollars. What does you so say there's an abusive husband and not that men, men can't be abused too. I know that's a hot topic right now, but what do they normally do? They t- take away money, modes of transportation, family, you know, like you would in a cult too. You take away these persons, the ways for them to be self-sufficient. Right. And therefore it's very difficult to leave an abusive situation. And that's exactly what the government does. They're trying to take away every, they're trying to cut you off at the legs so that you have to stay with them. Which is why when going back to small business owners, entrepreneurs, like sales pros, I, in my, my market, when I'm reaching out to them on my show, I, I want to talk to those people because Number one, those people are inherently in that 50% likely, right? And, and again, yeah. we're, we're making assumptions here, but we have to do this when we're trying to figure out who we're speaking to. But they're likely politically either agnostic or just, you know, they have our, our values and they just haven't been really activated yet, right? right? Number one. Number two, they also can see based on just the nature of what they do that solutions can exist inherently outside of government. Mm-hmm. And and with that, if we're able to take them and then connect them with the actual solutions that we bring to the table, do you not think that changes the way that we do things? Like I said, Michael Seifer on my program, he is the uh, the head of uh, public, H, uh, public, uh, public Square, excuse me. And Public Square is a new, it's, it's basically like if Yelp LinkedIn. Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Give Yelp, LinkedIn, and Facebook all kind of had a baby, right? And it was for. That's a scary. <laughs> yeah. It's a very weird kind of image to think of, but more so, but then get rid of the, the grossness that makes right. those companies <laughs> gross. Get rid of the censorship. Get rid of the, the wokeness. They're really making it a point to make a platform that is overtly focused on promoting individuals and, and businesses who want to build a pro liberty freedom loving approach to not just solutions in in the the community but also in business and and that is something that you know we we can do in the the anarchist the libertarian the you know big l libertarian the minarchist whatever the hell you want to identify yourself is i and and frankly it shouldn't really matter right now cuz at this point where we are in in society and in our in our you know history of the the planet and as a society like we're at a very very trying time as a, as a country, right? Like we need to, to really recalibrate what's important and what the conversations need to be focused on. And then with that, building the solutions that are answering those questions that people are searching for. And just, I mean, that's why Bitcoin is so great because mm-hmm. it just, it makes the government fiat system irrelevant. Like let's make government systems irrelevant. That That will be the best way that we can really make our libertopia. And it starts with us getting out of our Facebook groups, getting out of our, yeah. you know, our, our group chats, like, and actually going out and, and building the solution. I was able least- to, I was able to, and I call it evangelize a little bit, which I don't actually go out. And, but there was a situation that happened in my neighborhood to somebody that was very conservative before nice family. There was a poor police encounter and the police to me escalated the situation. I, it's obvious they did. And it took that moment for them to realize that authoritarianism can come from anywhere. <laughs> And that's when, you know what I mean? And it was yep. like a come to Jesus moment. I thought I'm going to keep working on them. And pretty soon their eyes are going to be open and they're going to stop, you know, backing that same guy that puts a cowboy hat on and has an R in front of his name and is still an authoritarianism, that, authoritarian that raises their taxes. So well, but it's and, things and right like there, that. Yeah. Having right, that situation. Right there, though, Trisha, why, why will they listen to you? 
because they trust you, yes. right? And this is where libertarians and anarchists and minarchists and and again name name whatever you know sort of of being right of Stalin, right? Like whatever right. we're identified as, like you we are so focused on on the the logic and the reasons and the rationale that we forget that in order to get people to buy our ideas and to actually like say, Oh, tell me more. I want to see these solutions. We have to treat them like real people first. Like we, we, we can't, we can't good idea people to death anymore. It doesn't work. I mean, if, if you want to try that approach by all means, be my guest, but we'll, you know, if, if you take the approach that I've been leading with over on on my program and, and, you know, just the idea of, of, bringing the uh, the the basics and truly the basics of sales and marketing and applying them to the world of sales or the world of, of politics like you will see an instant change in the types of conversations you're having and then back to your point the types of relationships you're building mm-hmm. you're you're going to be able to build that relationship with your neighbors build that trust with them and then when the time comes that you want to start having more of that political conversation it's no longer you trying to convince them. Right. It's a matter of they trust you. They know that you have their best interest in mind. So they're not worried about you just trying to, to push this crazy ideology down their throats, but rather they're like, oh, Trisha, the person who was there for us and, and was looking out for us and actually was there to take care of us. And oh, by the way, has consistently shown to have our best interests at heart. Yes. Um, to that point, an excellent point, which I know is a lot of what you do on the Brian Nichols show is talking about like selling Liberty in your real life. Um, and we, we worry about the left and right and where we started is the pendulum going to swing and break or will the government cease to be something that people need anymore? Um, we worry so much. Uh, the left is going to do this. The right's going to do this. This person's going to win. This person's going to take my rights. But I think we worry about that because of the force of government. So do you think that governments, because of technology, because of the way um, that we're able to get around them, do you think that they'll become obsolete one day? Absolutely. Um, or do you think the that, left or right will win? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I, I think there, Trisha, that question is like, both i think it's a matter of both like both everything and nothing all at once like here's what i think will happen governments will yes become obsolete because the the way technology will will go who will win i i i think i mean the right will kind of win because it will no longer be a federally decided conversation um and i'm saying right very loosely right now like mm-hmm. again going back to the fact that the definitions change a lot I think the left, though, you're going to see the blue areas, the more the more progressive leftist areas will get more blue and you'll see the red areas get more red. Now, what does that mean? I I think you're going to see that means a lot of people will start to sounds like a civil war, Brian. That doesn't sound. I I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know if that's the case or it'll be so much uh, just kind of like a a self uh, balkanization almost Mm -hmm. of of America where I mean, we think about it, Trisha. Like I just moved from Philadelphia out here to, to Indiana. Yes, uh, I, I, I was just... actually going to ask you about that. So the last time I talked to you, you were in Philly. I think I interviewed you a couple of years ago. Um, it might've been, was it the beginning of COVID? It could have been, but so you've w- went from the left to the right. Only like, if you looked at a map, it would be the opposite. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but like literally though, like I, I did the thing I self-segregated like I, and you're seeing this happen 
across the board, not just based on what happened over the past two years with, with COVID, but also with, with just the way that you've seen parents seeing what's happening in schools and, and getting their kids out of, mm-hmm. of just crazy school districts. You're seeing um, you know, what's happened with businesses who have not responded well in, in regards to the government mandates and have just continued to foster these you know just crazy mentalities. I mean, I, I'm not looking forward to going back to, to Philadelphia and having to go to a restaurant and probably be asked to wear a mask to walk in. And it's like, why are we placating this insanity? Why why are you as a small business owner doing this? Yeah. And and you see, well, yeah, because they're terrified of of not just the the also the hive mind that's permeated the the culture, but it, that's permeated the the governments. That's only going to get worse, right? As more and more of the, 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 I'd say liberty minded folk get out of these areas. And, and likewise though, the, the other areas that are more liberty minded and liberty embracing are going to become more bastions of liberty. Now, will that become a civil war? I don't think so. Um, no, here's the thing that I have a big problem with that, Brian, because I me. like good food. Um, <laughs> mm. And so I personally enjoy metropolitan areas. I, I love the, I like, I live in a suburb. I can go to Amish country and some of the most beautiful Hills in Ohio, or I can go 20 minutes and get, go to a city where I can get pretty much anything I want. Uh, you know what I mean? And so <laughs> people always say, you know, just, just move if you don't like it there. Well, I, I like that we have a good jobs economy here. I like that I can go to an art museum or see a good show or go to a nice restaurant and get something that I normally couldn't. So my hope is always that the, you know, the more that we start to use cryptocurrencies and people move away from depending on government, that perhaps, you know, some of the people in these areas might see the same thing, <laughs> you know, instead of just yeah, it's a matter of time. Like yes. it's and it's happening. I couldn't right move now. to rural Indiana. I could not do it. Now, Indianapolis, yes. <laughs> Which is I promise you, city. though, like, and, and you know what? I guess it's the uh, the grass is always greener kind of a uh, thing. Like, and and frankly, like I I have found the grass to be greener over here, but like I lived in a big city for seven years, and it was seven years too long, Trisha. Like Philly, <laughs> yeah, Philly. What, well, that's Philly also Philly, though, Ryan. By, it's Philly. <laughs> yeah, but it was well. Philly was awful. Like yeah. Philly was able to make it work with all the warts and stuff for the first five years, and then COVID hit, and then all the warts like they got exposed because yeah. now there was none of the uh, the fun things that you could do to placate the 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 awfulness. Like now it's like, oh, I I, I can't go out with my friends to the Penn's Landing and have a drink, but mm-hmm. I can watch outside as four weeks of trash piles up because the government monopoly on our our uh, trash here in Philadelphia is just woefully understaffed and and not being taken care of. Oh, that's fun, and and then all of a sudden it just starts to extrapolate further and further and further. Whereas, I mean, even even though I have government run trash collection here in rural Indiana, it's much more efficient. Yeah, it's I was going to say more, my little suburb. Yeah. I live in a suburb between Cleveland and Akron, Ohio, and we do have municipal trash, but there I've never had a problem and never once had to pay for anything extra. You know what I mean? Because I do happen to live in a red county too. So people just, you know, they demand something nice. Well, and it also <laughs> speaks to the inherent problems when you have these just massive bureaucratic either entities that are government you know, government funded or just the fact that government by itself is one massive, essentially bureaucratic mess. Yes. 
it doesn't run because it's efficient. It runs because it has the guns, basically. Correct. You know what I mean? Or, right. or it wouldn't survive. It would never survive. Can you imagine going to the post office if you if that was just like the FedEx post office? Can you imagine going in there and not walking out and going somewhere else? <laughs> but you yeah, know. well, and and we we say that, and it makes it makes it sound so bizarre and absurd when we say it on its face because it is. Yeah. But then why isn't everybody else thinking it's so bizarre and so absurd? It's because they really haven't thought about it that way. Cause a lot of people don't like to think Trisha. I mean, yes. and yeah, that's, that's the sad reality is a lot easier of people to outsource it, which also makes me think, you know, we, we can wonder what will happen. Will we get rid of, will we make government less important or obsolete? Will, you know, Liberty win the day, or is it just possible that many people just don't care as long as they're somewhat comfortable? You know, that's kind well, of a, has, has COVID not taught us the fact that people really embrace being comfortable like we we have turned into the the softest uh, group of individuals whether it comes to our our laptop class generation of workers now who who just have completely lost any sense of work ethic have you seen some of the videos coming from twitter right now like the the hidden videos or the, the project veritas I haven't, but I read, it's so funny because I think that um, I love Hannah Cox and Brad Plumb. I follow them and they did something about that Reddit anti-work thread, which Hody and I were supposed to do a show about that too. Um, and we never ended up recording. It is so funny. There's a whole host of people out there. And number one, let me say there are some toxic workplace workplaces. And just because you're somebody's boss doesn't mean you're their master. So I do understand that point. You know, you should, people should want to work for you. But there's also this whole class of people who really don't think that they should have to work and that somebody else is going to create something for them just because they exist. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, in in this like Twitter video, I mean, the guys recorded basically admitting like, yeah, there's people who they they maybe show up like once a quarter to Twitter to, to work um, <laughs> because it's it's like mental, emotional health first versus what you're producing. And like this goes to a fundamental area where you know if we do have to go back to like leftism versus uh you know rightism right isms um like what's the difference it's it's to your your framing of the question originally you know do i produce for for my livelihood do i create something of value or do i do i suck from right. from others do i do i absorb more than i create um, there's, there's a guy who used to, uh, I used to work with back when I was doing, um, consulting work for the, uh, the fitness and the physical therapy industry. And I, I remember sitting there, I was, I was watching their, their, uh, their personal trainers one night and, uh, he, he's sitting there with me. He used to work for the WWE. He used to like deal with like, their, their reptiles and stuff. And, uh, he goes, you know, Nichols, one thing I've learned over the years, and it's just after, you know, him talking for like an hour and a half at that point, and he's like, always, always be a money maker. Don't be a money taker. And I was like, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And and that struck with me, or that stuck with me because when it, when you think about it, like that's what it comes down to is that there are people out there who are entirely okay with being a, a money taker. Right. And, and it's not even just money people. I know that's how we we value it, but it, yeah, it's, 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 it's everything. You can absolutely not make a dime of fiat or, and you can live off the land and produce something for your neighbor or, you know, so it, are you a producer or a consumer? What you're consuming is just value. Do you make value or do you take value? Right. Well, and, and also it has to be real value. Like yeah, it can't yeah. be this subjective. Right. You can't be an artist dolly. in a communist country. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and again, I'm not trying to, to pick on our more culturally left friends who you know, are, are more empathetic with libertarian ideas, but like yeah. 
when it comes down to the the importance of issues, like we we can be objective in determining what is and is not important to invest our time, energy, right. and, and efforts focused on first. We can we can agree that like yes, there are certain issues that we we can advocate for and fight for. But when you're when you have a laundry list that's ten miles long. Your average person sees that and they're just, they get exhausted. They shut down. They don't want to get engaged. So that's yeah. why it's so important to focus on two, three very key issues that are leading the national conversation and then to lead with our principles on those issues that matter most. And if you're an anarchist and you say, I don't want to have a, the government solution be the answer to that problem, I hear you. Then like, let's make the solution in the private sector. Let's make it outside of government and inherently make the government solution inept because ha- have you had by comparison, agorist? we have the better alternative. Have you had an agorist on your show? Oh, I'm sure I have. And yeah. I, I have 500 I plus episodes, would. Trisha. Oh, I know. That's why I trust me, Brian, I do have you on. And when I see one pop up, I think well, I want to watch that. But I, I'm not like you, Brian. I can't listen to nine or record 9,000 podcasts a week and have a full time job. And I don't know, like, do you sleep? <laughs> I try. Um, I'm usually up every morning at four. So yeah, you're the Jocko type guy. Like yeah, our friend Dakota. I, I have, from otherwise, Boston. there's nothing hours in the day, honestly. <laughs> Um, so, well, da- guys, there is a huge catalog on Brian's show. In fact, I think you've been on, uh, the network just as long as B- boss hog, or maybe uh, like a couple years short of that. I-, I think like maybe a couple months he started, yeah. I think actually, yeah, he started end of 2017. I started January, 2018. So it's really fun for, you know, if you're like, I'm a true crime junkie. So if I discover a new podcast, then I have like a whole bunch of catalogs to listen to and binge. So you guys can do that with Brian if you're a libertarian junkie. And he's probably, you know, you'll probably recognize a lot of the names on a show, but sometimes not. That's usually the ones that I'll listen to when it pops up and I don't recognize that person's name. Um, So check out Brian Nichols. Brian, where else can people find you? What are you into right now? What's your Patreon? Oh, wow. Lots of good stuff. Okay. So what am I into right now? Just uh, wrapped up the series finale of Ozark. So good. Sweet. <laughs> I watch it watch, I'm like a season and a half behind. Okay. But yeah. It, it, if- it wraps up fairly well. Um, definitely catches you off guard the way they wrap the show, but it, it, it's such a good series. Jason I Bateman. love Jason Bateman. And oh my I love God. Smart he's List, but sometimes he's so ridiculously like virtue signal on there. <laughs> But his deadpan reaction to the most like horrific things in that yeah. program are just incredible. Yes, yeah, so, he's, he's good. He's excellent. Yeah, yeah he's great. Um, I, I've been consuming that. Also, uh, I'm not sure if anybody else here is an emotional basket case like yours truly, but I've been consuming This Is Us for the past like six years. I can't. I can't do that kind of show. Don't worry. I, whenever <laughs> it comes on, my wife's like, you know, we have to watch episodes of this. We have like three episodes we have to watch. I'll be like, yeah, I just don't want to be sad because the past season has just been miserable. Like not, not bad. Just it's, it's wrapping up in the show itself is a very sad show. So I've been consuming I find, that. I find I have a hard time with those because I mirror that back. Like I'll, I'll walk around and just be upset. I'm like, why am I yeah, sad? And life's, life's and too sad and like, depressing as it watch, is. You know, a bus full of kids go over a cliff in a show and think you wouldn't be sad. I don't know. Yeah, I, so I, I've I've been consuming that in bits and pieces, but yeah, no, Ozark has been the uh, the prime focus. And then, um, in terms of where folks can go ahead and find me, Trisha. So there's a lot of different things people can do. Um, so number one, just across the board, anything 
the, the show content related, social media, podcast, whatever it is, head to briannicholsshow.com. Um, you can find, we have our YouTube channel. Uh, you can find all the videos available right there at briannicholsshow.com as well. Like Trisha mentioned earlier, yes, 500 plus episodes of the program. That's not including bonus episodes we have here as well. And then for social media, you can find me anywhere. Uh, pretty much you you find uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. What do you think all... most active, Brian? What yeah, you... most active Twitter and Facebook. Absolutely. Okay. Twitter is where you're actually going to find like real me. Facebook is a lot of uh, like memes and stuff. But yeah, Twitter at hey, B memes, Nichols memes Liberty. Memes are a personality. Memes, memes are, are a personality. <laughs> meme, like if you think back <laughs> to the them. Revolutionary War, the the like pamphlets and stuff that we were like handing out back in the day, those were the modern day meme. Um, so yeah, like memes, memes can change the world, but yeah, yes. if you want to see some of the uh, life-changing memes at the Nichols Liberty <laughs> life-changing, I'm not even lying when I said, I've actually told this to, uh, David Gay before, um, when I was just kind of, you know, obviously I was a political junkie and I was politically active, but I think it was a couple of memes I saw that sort of like sw- flipped a switch too. I mean, there was lots of different things, but it really, it really can make a difference if you back it up with other stuff. Well, and, and I know we, we have to wrap, but like humor is yeah. one of the, the number one things that sells. If you can get somebody to laugh, you can get them to buy. And, and part of the problem with Liberty, uh, Liberty folk in the past has been that we try to just like good ID people to death and like, you know, Hey, here's a book, read this yeah. oh, versus yeah. like, get somebody to laugh, like get them to be like, Oh yeah, that is absurd. The, uh, like the, the meme of the, uh, the, the old guy who's shrugging his shoulders with the inflation. Yes. And it's like when you get a raise of 3%, but inflation's and it's like 6% and then you cross it out and it goes all the way up to like, like you know, whatever the number is now that makes your average person be like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And 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 then and then you've di- you've diffused that that defenses. Now they've lowered their defenses and now they're open to having a conversation because they're not as intense, right? And then that's why memes win. Me- memes will win the they day. Do. Memes yes. will save the world, Trisha. The old guy shrugging his shoulders template, who I always thought was George Carlin, but I don't think it actually is him. That, no, it's some <laughs> old guy of like looks Eastern like Europe. Uh, yeah. So he's shrugging his shoulders, and it was one of the first memes I made. Probably I hadn't been making and I um, had just become a libertarian, you know, big L back then. And uh, it said, when you smoke marijuana and all of a sudden you want heroin, <laughs> guess I'll die. <laughs> I guess I'll die is one of the yes. all time classics. Yes, I'll die. Yeah. I have, I have a few memes. We'll have to do a whole episode. Oh, that's a different guy though. That's a different, that's a different guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. That guy's good. That's one of my favorites. Oh, by the way, I'm not sure if you've ever seen the one, the, uh, the, the blonde lady and it's, the one where she looks at something and she goes, the what? Oh, and it yes. like zooms in her eyes. <laughs> I saw that organically in the wild, like in real life. I was walking into an Ace Hardware and they had one of those, uh, like it's the the uh, vacuum cleaners that you can get to like power wash your carpet. And she's the, she's the, like the advertisement for it. Like she is, I, I saw her and I was like, I know you. How do I know this lady? And I was like, oh, it's the meme. And it just, it so caught me off guard. So yes, whenever you find a meme in, in real life, please, yes. please share that. I'd love to hear those stories. Uh, you know, okay. I just talk one more. You got, see memes. This is a hot topic for me. So memes in real life, you know, the guy that is um, Harold painful, you know what I mean? Yes. Okay. Well, so, uh, that's the guy I was talking about. The, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Harold yeah. Payne, Harold Payne. Well, actually I can't remember what country the guy's from. He was, you know, obviously like a character. Like Eastern Europe actor. somewhere, right? Yes. And he actually, 
there were, I had a friend who was one of the great meme makers and he's not on social media anymore. Um, but so often like he, he would use that meme and for his face and whatever, and any page he ran that it would start tagging his name when Harold would come up. And apparently Harold tried to sue him and see if he could get some money out of him. And <laughs> I remember my friends like, I don't make any money at this. It's memes. <laughs> Dude, I make memes for a living. <laughs> It's it's the yeah. Patrick Star, the yeah. you serve memes here. Yeah. And then just follow it up with the Patrick Star that I have three dollars. Yeah. Hey, one day, Brian, I say when, you know, maybe uh the civil war will break out and you know the apocalypse will happen and we'll be, you know, there's only gonna be a certain percentage of people left in the world, and of course it'll be me because I'm so brilliant. And at that point in time, I've actually printed out a ton of memes. And I'm going to be selling them or using them as currency. So you guys, so you're can basically make- going to have NFTs you're going to be using is what you're saying. Exactly. Only that like in your hand. <laughs> so when you're in the woods, not only can you look at a meme when you're going to the bathroom, you can wipe with it too. Oh, <laughs> so, so it'll be, wor- it'll be worth, yes. I, I was almost, I almost said worthless and that's not nice, but it, it, it'll be, it'll be worth something both yes. in, 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 in imaginary virtual world and right. in real life. You're right. In my ginger and Capistan post-apocalyptic universe. And, and, and then <laughs> we come, we come full circle because we've essentially just yes. established art again. And now right. we're just making paintings and it's, it's, it's like, it's uh, we're back in the 1500s. There we go. See, and people, this is how it's going to happen. There is absolutely no way that this universe won't happen. So with that, <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on, Brian. It was a hoot, a lot of fun. I know we went in a few different directions, but I like to do that. Sometimes it's it's fun instead of just doing a formal interview to chit chat. So thank you so much, Brian. And um, I hope you're having a wonderful time in Indianapolis and out of Philly. So, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> much love, Tricia. It has okay. been a, a pleasure. Uh, thank you, Gingerarchy fam, for, for allowing me to grace your earbuds today. And uh, yes, I, I cannot recommend enough. If you live in a dark blue city, <laughs> get out, go touch grass, go be around people who have shared values, shared principles, and also shared goals. That's important. And yes, fo- uh, vote and focus locally. If you are going to vote, I know you don't want to, but focus locally and uh, you can make the most impact there, like school board versus US Senate, school board all day long. Go focus yeah. there. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, Brian, thank you so much. And I'm going to close my show out like I do every episode. I wish you peace, grace, love, and fuck the state.